This is Eileen Ray McCann for Circle of Blue, and this is What's Up With Water, your need-to-know news of the world's water made possible by support from people like you. In Australia, government regulators rejected a mining company's plan to expand two coal mines in the state of New South Wales. The regulators denied the plan, concerned that the mines would pollute a source of drinking water for Australia's largest city. According to the Sydney Morning Herald, the Independent Planning Commission denied the proposal from mining giant South 32 to extract an additional 78 million tonnes of coal. The company wanted to lengthen longwall mines that already extended beneath catchments that supply drinking water to Sydney. The region's water provider opposed the mining plan, arguing that the expansion needlessly endangers wetlands, water quality, and stream health. Regulators agreed, concluding that the project was not in the public interest. In India, the central government released its first national budget since the pandemic began. The spending plan includes a large boost for water infrastructure. The government outlined an ambitious five-year, $39 billion initiative to provide piped water to all urban households. Achieving that goal would be a great benefit for the country's people. But announcing a program and providing funding does not necessarily result in success on the ground. The Indian news magazine Down to Earth notes that a similar government program is currently falling short. It's one to supply piped water to rural households. That initiative was launched in 2019, when only one-sixth of rural households had piped water. Since then, the percentage of rural households with piped water has doubled. But the program is not on track for its deadline in 2024. In the United States, activists in northern Minnesota calling themselves water protectors, have organized a makeshift camp to oppose the replacement of Enbridge's Line 3 oil pipeline. The Bemidji Pioneer reports that activist Taisha Martineau bought a piece of land next to Enbridge's pipeline corridor, and project opponents have gathered there in an attempt to delay construction until all court cases against the pipeline are resolved. Line 3 begins in Alberta, Canada, and transports crude oil to a terminal in Wisconsin. Enbridge is replacing the aging pipeline that was built in the 1960s. Construction of the 337-mile segment that crosses Minnesota began in December. Opponents say the pipeline violates indigenous treaty rights. It risks the chance of an oil spill and deepens reliance on fossil fuels. Thus far, the courts have sided with Enbridge. Last week, the Minnesota Court of Appeals denied a request from the Red Lake Band of Chippewa and White Earth Band of Ojibwe to stop construction of the pipeline. This week, Circle of Blue reports on water affordability in Massachusetts. Municipal water rates are rising, and the pandemic is heightening the impacts of inequality. 
In response, a report by a U.S. Civil Rights Advisory Committee argues that Massachusetts should take steps to make sure that everyone has access to affordable drinking water. Martha Davis is a Northeastern University law professor who served on the advisory committee. She said, Water access should be part of what people look at when they look at civil rights. The U.S. Commission on Civil Rights was established by Congress in 1957. Its role? To investigate claims of discrimination, assess the equity of laws, and submit recommendations to policymakers. Advisory committees in each state and the District of Columbia act as the Commission's sentries, highlighting emerging issues and reporting on vital matters. The Massachusetts Advisory Committee is the first state committee to report on water access and affordability. The Commission's communications director, Angelia Rorison, said the group commission welcomed the findings. She wrote, Through original research and hearings conducted by the committee, the report's recommendations provide a roadmap for getting ahead of this impending crisis in water access before more lives are shattered by the inability to afford this fundamental human right and basic necessity. The committee's report presented eight recommendations to the commission. Three of the recommendations aim to level the playing field for renters who don't have the same access to water bill discounts as homeowners do. The committee suggested that renters, who generally do not directly pay the water bill, be eligible for subsidies to offset the cost of water. The committee also proposed that renters should be able to halt the disconnection of water service if their landlord failed to pay the bill. Davis told Circle of Blue that renters were a particular concern for the committee. In Massachusetts, a third of white households do not own the home they live in, but the percentage of renters is much higher for households of color. 73% of Hispanic households rent their home, as do 65% of black households. Because of these structural inequalities, water discount policies favoring homeowners have disproportionate benefits for white households. Massachusetts has had a statewide assistance program for water and sewer bills in place since the 1990s, but the program was last funded in 2003. On the regulatory side, the committee recommended that the state use a firmer hand over the operations of municipal water utilities, imposing some of the same requirements that apply to investor-owned gas, electric, and water utilities. That includes review of rate increases and establishing programs to forgive customer debt. The committee also suggested that utilities be required to gather data on the demographic characteristics of households where water is disconnected or that have liens applied for unpaid bills. Davis said that because demographic data is scarce, it is difficult to understand the scope of the problem and whether there is racial bias in the use of shutoffs or access to payment plans. She said that the committee was surprised at the lack of data collection. As she described it, we just don't know who is getting shut off, who is getting discounts, and who is on a payment plan.
Lastly, the committee recommended that Massachusetts subsidize the installation of water-conserving toilets and the repair of leaking pipes, efficiencies that would reduce water use and lower household bills. Davis said that other state civil rights advisory committees are interested in water affordability. She hopes that the report will influence committee members in states like Maryland that are considering taking up the issue. In the meantime, the Massachusetts committee members are distributing the report to state and local officials. And that's What's Up With Water from Circle of Blue, which relies on your support for independent water news and analysis. Please visit circleofblue.org and make a difference through your tax-deductible donation. <laughs>